Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Ship It and Sip It. I'm here on a Friday evening with Sergei Lukashov. How was your week, Sergei? Well, my week is pretty, pretty usual. You know, it starts slowly and then getting into Whirlpool. And here, here we are, Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> and, uh, and for drinks this week, we are staying healthy, uh, but crafty. So we have... <laughs> We have an alcohol, two alcohol-free uh, craft beers. The first is called Easy Tie. It's an alcohol-free tropical sour, and it is from Bakunin Brewery in St. Petersburg. Do you like sour beer? Well, I kind of, it's interesting for me. I cannot say I really found it or something, but it's really interesting. I admit there could be really, really tasty ones. And uh, well, Russians, Russians know how to brew good craft beer, so I believe that's going to be tasty. Well, at least not awful. <laughs> All right, let's try our sour beer. Yeah. It smells sour. It is sour. Tastes sour, <laughs> but it's fruity, um, nice and light. It doesn't like have that stinging throat sensation that some. Mm. Sour beers have? Well, it's not so sour as I expected. No. It, it's like, it's more like juice actually. Yeah. About, if to speak about sourness. It's pleasantly refreshing. We can mm. recommend it if you like non-alcoholic sour beers, which is a very small niche of beer lovers. All right. In news this week, uh, we have a lot of news actually that I want to run through real quick. The two products from our batch one of the Parallect Accelerator are launching as we speak. Visa is live and you can join their travel community at visa.com. And Nudge is launching in the French market uh, with their app and the early user community there. That's really exciting. What do you think about the Accelerator program and would you like to maybe be on one of the teams uh, in the future of the accelerator well uh, first of all i really think that that initiative of parallax is really a step up for the company because it's completely new area for us it's completely new direction um, and at the same time it's very promising i mean we can get out of there a lot of experience a lot of profits so well, it's just uh, the way a company is going right now is, is, is awesome, to my mind. Sure. Well, yeah. and uh, speaking about participation in the processes, yeah, unfortunately, I did not participate deeply in those two, just uh, like at the level of graduation, uh, startup summer graduation stuff and all this thing. But uh, yeah, I would really love to get in this deeper. Um, Hopefully, my technical background will help and uh, will be useful for, for the upcoming batch. Sure. I hope so, too. And speaking of tech, our CTO, Igor Krasnik, has shared a bit of a sneak peek about the toolkit called SHIP. We call it Parallax SHIP. And it's going to be both a new landing page to present the toolkit and also an update to the GitHub repo where we house all these tools that our tech teams use to start new projects. Do I have that right? 
Yep, uh, ship revamp or make the ship great again, <laughs> kind of that. So when we start new project, technically we take all this work from ship, compile it, and based on that we're providing the services for our customers. So the idea, I believe, right now is to just give it the fresh air. Yeah, well, it sounds cool. I'm, I'm excited to see what the whole landing page looks like and what sort of our prospective clients think about it, what founders think about it, how we can use it in the marketing team, how the sales team can use it to share our ideas and uh, processes with, with different founders around the world. All right, let's get to your experience a little bit because you're one of the guys who I probably, and you work on a project that I probably know the least about at Parallact and I've probably talked with you the least out of almost anybody in the company in my three years here. So I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, two years ago, I wrote you a message in Slack and I asked you to describe what being a programmer is like in a very few words. And you said it is the ability to create something cool. Uh, is that still true for you? Yes, definitely. So um, like being a programmer is like that, at least for me is to try something new, uh, continue some discoveries, uh, continue some improvements, and well, to make it even like super simple, it's like uh, building something out of constructor blocks. So it's, it's just a game for a boy. The boy just grew up and the game has changed, but it's still, it's still, it still kind of passionate about new technologies and all the stuff. You've been here for over five years now, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so most of that time you were working on one of our longest lasting and most successful project teams. Um, but first, can you tell us just a little bit about your path to Parallact? What sort of attracted you to the company, maybe the team, maybe there were specific people that you really um, got on with right away and how have you grown into being one of the leaders of the engineering department? When I was about to get out of university I get my first job. It was a big company. Mm -hmm. um, the name of it doesn't matter but um, I mean it wasn't good for me as a student. I get like basic knowledges. I had some courses there and uh, when I realized that, well, okay, it's time for me to move on, I started to look for something smaller, something maybe more cozy. I do remember my interview here in Parallect. It was super technical. I was sure I, I failed it. <laughs> I completely failed it. But uh, luckily, luckily, my interviewers decided I'm not. So they get me a job offer, uh -huh. and here I am. So you, now you lead a group of .NET developers here. Can you share with us a little bit about why you're passionate about .NET tech specifically? What do you love about .NET? Um, why isn't it maybe as common as, as JS frameworks? Sometimes I get involved in the JS world too, and uh, I actually like these two technologies. They're rather uh, different by the nature, but at the same time, they're pretty um, similar by the, um, 
appearance. Mm -hmm. So they uh, basically JavaScript and C sharp they have uh, C like syntaxes. So for developers, I believe they both feels like a known, like a natural. So if you learn C one day or C sharp or C plus JavaScript, Java, you kind of feel all these languages because they are from one family. Mm -hmm. And speaking about differences, uh, the history of these languages are and these platforms are really different and, uh, well, it's even hard to compare them. The C Sharp is part of .NET, which is Microsoft World, which is kind of commercial product uh, developed by Microsoft mm -hmm. long time ago and uh, this was developed intentionally for like for desktop applications for web applications for all that business stuff uh, for JavaScript the history was a little bit different initially it was developed just uh, to support uh, some dynamics on the web pages like mm -hmm. to when in the era when internet was static, mm -hmm. uh, there was a desire to make something dynamics, some nasty, sorry, not nasty, but pleasant, <laughs> uh, some pleasant animation, yeah, yeah, some yeah. Uh, button clicks uh, and so on. So JavaScript was designed to do such things, but then it uh, evolved highly. Well, that's interesting. I never really dove into the history of them that much. Um, it, if you were talking with uh, a founder who, who came to us and said, I want to build this idea um, into, a, into a product, what would be the situations or what, I guess, would be the characteristics of their vision where you would say you should use .NET for this product? Is there a certain like niche or, or, or application where .NET is, is a better, more performant? option for them? Mm -hmm. Well, there are, could be different considerations. Uh, right now, to be honest, the main one is the availability of people, of teams that are working with .NET or JavaScript. Depending on what we have, we can uh, actually support both uh, options. But um, if to dig it a little bit deeper, um, there could be also uh, some things related to uh, hosting. Uh, I can imagine a customer coming to us and saying, hey, I have an infrastructure already and or I want to use Azure because I have a certificate from Microsoft that gives me uh, 10,000 free hours mm -hmm. in, in computing in, in Azure. Then we kind of like, yeah, it's most likely going to be .NET. Maybe .NET as it's uh, naturally created for uh, web applications .NET is designed to hold like a, a lot of parallel requests, mm -hmm. parallel users. So uh, it's also feasible with uh, with uh, JavaScript, but it requires like a couple of extra steps. Yeah. So, but general, uh, they are both uh, extremely popular technologies. Uh, they are both uh, evolve really fast, and uh, they both. Uh, like our production ready. So we feel safe when we provide services using one technology or another. They're both kind of good. Cool. Just different tools for slightly different jobs or the same job, depending on who you have on the team and who yeah. you have ready to, to make Very it happen. Very true. Very yeah. true.
Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the project team that you worked on for a while. It is a major success story for the founder. Right, we've been partners with him for around 10 years and recently in the past a couple months ago, uh, they were acquired for over a billion dollars, which is uh, just a huge success story for the whole team and for the founders and for us. Um, what has that experience been like for you and, and just Tell us what it's like to be on a team building something that is so helpful for the end customer, but is also uh, a profitable, successful product. Yeah, actually, I really like this product, first of all. Um, the working there is, uh, is a mix of something. I don't know even how to describe it. First of all, it's... Um, it's really cool that you're working on the project that helps uh, real people. Mm -hmm. By helps, I mean it's it touches health, right? And uh, so feeling that what you've done may help somebody else on the other side of the sea to get healthy, to like make their mental health better is just an it's just cool. Yeah. I well. Mean, you, you, you're making a lot of people's lives just better with with what you're building, and that's, yeah. that's special. Kind of that, very very special. Uh, but with that speciality, also a great responsibility mm -hmm. came. You have to design well, you have to write code well, you have to test it well. So it's great responsibility for us as a technical provider to like to make everything as it should be especially in the health tech domain. Third one uh, that I would like to highlight is, uh, is actually the team. Right. I don't know how it turned up like that, but um, the team on this project is just uh, hilarious. Uh, all the guys uh, are kind of super passionate about their job. Uh, all the guys are professionals. All the guys are kind of willing to make this project better. I think that's one of the reasons why it eventually um, why it eventually get such a great exit. It's great to hear the team is so positive and great job on everything. Uh, one of the teammates there has just uh, published a blog post on our blog about the automated testing process and basically how he He's a QA and how he sets up automated testing. And it does, it's not very specific to that product. The ideas can apply to um, products across health tech, fintech, and any of those sort of high risk uh, types of products where you really, you can't have bugs because you're either facing consequences with people's health or personal data or their money. Yeah, <laughs> where, where the price of an error of mistake is yeah. too high. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, just tell us a little bit about your experience with, with working in that sort of um, environment where you have a heap of compliance to deal with, you have a lot of sensitive patient data to deal with. Um, how does that sort of change uh, impact how the team works or or how you uh, make decisions together or how you develop the product the first thing that came to my mind is natural it's uh, hipaa mm -hmm. the state law of usa that 
that has like a list of requirements, list of obligations that has to be done in order to make sure the personal healthcare information, even in electronic form, is protected and secure. So let's say that a, a new founder comes to you and says, I want to make a healthcare tech or a health tech app or service or software for the US market, what do I need to do to be HIPAA compliant? You say... Oh, I say <laughs> you have to do a lot of things, really. Right. Well, but um, let me start with a, actually a little bit maybe funny fact that, um, yes, there is such term like a HIPAA compliance but there is no subject, there is no organ that uh, validate you against HIPAA compliance. Mm. So, uh, to be fully honest, there are such companies uh, and services that can provide you like an audit to make sure you can follow the best practices uh, according to HIPAA. Mm. Unlike uh, PCI compliance, for example, where we have a set of accredited uh, organizations that can do the audit and mm -hmm. can you can say that okay you done it well here's your PCI compliance certificate for HIPAA there is no such organizations um, so even if you find somebody who will tell you that okay it seems like you done it well you're HIPAA compliant uh, it's still um, it still can be that government you see government came to you and say, okay, um, there, is a, um, there is something done wrong and you have to pay fine, no matter have you this certificate of compliance or, or, or don't, right. because there is no such a thing as uh, like a certification for HIPAA as organization. Interesting. Yeah. At the same time, as uh, we already mentioned, um, all the employees, uh, of uh, companies that provide healthcare services that store and process uh, PHI, personal healthcare, healthcare information, mm -hmm. they uh, has to pass the certification process, the training process, in order to be aware of like what's uh, allowed to do and what's not. Mm. So, um, first uh, thing that I would say to the customer that want to build a healthcare application, I would say that, well, probably um, probably first thing is to get to know the HIPAA uh, closer because, well, there is no other good way. We can describe the basics. We can uh, like uh, have a knowledge transfer session for that to establish the main things. Well, everything in, in, when it comes to government regulation gets gets quite complicated. <laughs> well, uh, that's very true. Pretty much no matter what country, whether you're in the United States or whether you're in Europe somewhere. Um, are there any sort of equivalents in the European market for HIPAA or is it up to each country in the EU? Let's say we've got a founder from Germany that says, I want to do some health tech mm -hmm. app. Is there something like HIPAA there? Well, as far as I know, uh, there is nothing like this yet in Europe. Somebody likes to compare HIPAA and GDPR, mm -hmm. but they're basically not the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, HIPAA is only about healthcare, uh, health services and uh, healthcare information being stored somewhere. It even doesn't matter, it's paper or electronic right. records. 
but GDPR is only for electronic records, right? And it's only for privacy. I would say GDPR is actually uh, wider than oh. HIPAA because uh, like it touches everything you do in Europe as an electronic service provider. We've already talked about HIPAA and the particular challenges. Let's stick with .NET for a little bit because we are hiring and we're looking for more .NET developers to join our teams. Um, I assume that you're one of the people that's very closely involved in interviewing and, and bringing them on board. Uh, what message might you have for someone who has a background in .NET, has some experience, looks at our vacancy page, you can see it right here on join.paralec.com, and says, maybe I could fit in this team. What would you like to say to those people? Why should they apply? Well, um, first of all, um, you should apply because the atmosphere here in Paralect is just awesome. It, uh, it cannot be described, it should be felt. Second, uh, speaking about technologies and all the like languages and framework stuff that, that's interesting for developers. We have a lot of, um, lot of projects coming up. We have a lot of projects that uh, requires uh, developers right now. And uh, we're kind of, we have a really wide, um, wide range of uh, techniques, approaches. So you will definitely find something interesting for you. Fantastic. And from my conversations here, it seems like the developers on these projects and on the teams, really, uh, they're not just you know taking Jira tickets and executing them. You guys get to interact with the product owners. You get to sort of collaborate on what directions the products take, what new features should be implemented, why or why not they should be implemented. You, you're not just coding robots <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly well i guess somebody would like to be a coding robots but the products requires more than just like coding right. they require uh, more deep uh, investigation and uh, like analysis so every person is uh, deeply integrated in the ticket he's building and uh, if uh, there are some like inaccuracies or something could be done better, it should be definitely done. And this just get communicated, get confirmed and get it implemented. That's actually the cool way to, to build something, something like extraordinary. Yeah, and there, you've said that we might not be able to talk about this, but I'll ask you about it anyway. <laughs> uh, there's gonna be a new project or product that, that uses .NET that we're going to start soon. And um, maybe if you can't talk about the product itself or the, the idea, um, maybe you can talk a little bit about the difference between working on such a long-term product, like our long-term uh, health tech product that you've worked on, and compare that to starting a, a brand new product from scratch. What, what's that dynamic like? And which would you rather do at this point? Wow, that's interesting question. And uh, it's interesting because these two opportunities for a developer or for employees completely, completely different. So if you have already like big and mature product that is already live, you uh, first of all have to think about 
like reliability, like performance, uh, the data of existing customers, how should you treat it and how you should build your feature to like to not spoil the data, to mm. make it consistent and all the way through. And um, if to speak about like a completely new project that is just being starting up, uh, well, there you actually shouldn't be thinking about like performance or users or data because there is no users yet, there is no data yet. So it makes uh, a lot of things to be much easier. But at the same time, it uh, brings completely different challenges for a developer at least. For example, how do I build the infrastructure so that it can be scaled? Mm -hmm. Because when I build a product, I expect this to be successful in the end. And when it's successful, it uh, attracts users. When it attracts users, it should be also responsive to the load users generate. How should I like set it up into architecture, into infrastructure of the project at the beginning so that uh, somebody in uh, five years won't uh, blaming me for doing a <laughs> shitty job. Well, thanks for shedding a light on, on that dynamic and it's an interesting one. Uh, you didn't answer the last part. Which would you rather oh. <laughs> start at this point? Now I would choose something completely new and fresh, mm -hmm. like to make sure I still remember how to do it, to kind of have something like an exercise. Right. Yeah, but in general, I think both both is very cool and uh, allows you to evolve uh, evolve better as an as an engineer. Super. Let's pivot a little bit away from the developer experience and talk more about um, more to to founders. Um, I assume that you you get the chance to talk with with our founders throughout your your work time here occasionally. Um, what do you think is one or two things that a founder that's considering working with Parallact should know about the teams here that they might not be able to find on our website? What are some inside uh, views mm. that you could share with them? It looks like you're looking for the ideas for our landing revamp, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what can I say? I think the thing that... Um, differ parallax from other companies is the like the the team as a, an atomic unit mm -hmm. so the way we now provide our services so we do not do like uh, outstaffing we do not, do not sell like heads we were focused on providing like a high level um, services in terms of uh, product, in terms of uh, engineering and in terms of quality assurance. Mm -hmm. So, and this is done by uh, like mm, one unique and atomic uh, unit that is the team. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that is a fascinating aspect of how Paralect is structured. Um, but the variety of the different teams gives us the opportunity to sort of share mm -hmm. ideas across. So if you learn something in your product or your project, 
that you would like to share with another project or share with everyone? You know, the company is big enough. We have channels for that. We have the workshop. We have Slack channels that developers share ideas in, right? Yeah, definitely. That's really important aspect. Uh, like the knowledge sharing in, inside of the company and between the teams is the really key to learn faster and uh, like eventually to make better job. So yeah, that's very important. Right. So each team has sort of the autonomy to make their own decisions, but in the background, they've got all of this support and knowledge that they can pull on to make those decisions better. Yeah, exactly. All right. Enough about work stuff. Well, enough about work stuff. Um, someone told me that you're a big fan of craft beer. That's why I bought these delicious craft beers for us to drink tonight. Uh, what are some of your favorite styles? And if a founder who also liked craft beer came to visit you here in Minsk, where would you take them to have a good pint? My favorite style? Um, really tough question. I like a lot of styles, uh, but I would name, if to, if to name number one, it would be probably Russian Imperial Stout. Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah, I like to open a small bottle yeah. of this tiny Very oil. Strong beer. <laughs> yeah, uh, pour in, it into the glass and uh, especially in winter. Of course. And sit somewhere, maybe uh, like in the loggia yeah, or something like that. By the Balcony, fire. yeah. yeah. And have a have a nice hour or so because this this is the kind of beer that you should um, drink really slow. You yeah. cannot just take a take it in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Each Russian imperial style is like a, a journey in a glass. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, and your favorite spot that you would take someone to? There are several tap rooms in Minsk. I would uh, probably bring him or her to Malanka maybe, maybe to Beer Cup. Mm. Um, also here near the office we have a uh, Pena pub, oh, yeah. which is actually pretty simple, but it has wide uh, range of different beers mm. and uh, you can pour the beer you want by yourself uh, by using the card. down by the Pesochnica, right? Yeah, near yeah. the Pesochnica. So, Maybe I would choose something like that. I haven't actually gone in there yet. I should check it out sometime. All right, and last question for you then, since we're on the topic of beer and technology. If you had to choose, would you rather start your own tech startup or open a craft brewery? Well, you're full of complicated questions today. <laughs> um, honestly, if to be fully honest, I would probably open the brewery right now because well the process of brewing is rather interesting for me i would like to get deeper in that stuff um, maybe i already understand how to build software at least to some degree uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, i don't really know how to brew a good beer so i would try probably all right well when you do make that dream come true <laughs> just give me a call i will i will test all of your varieties and give you very accurate feedback. Sure. Thank you so much for joining Ship It and Sip It. 
I hope you have a great weekend. And thank you all for joining in. We'll see you next time with my next guest. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.